and do your dirty work of going and complaining to yeah. somebody for you ain't I'm gonna happen. No. You don't know Andy Rainer. Not only that. that doesn't even sound reasonable. Are you serious? This message sucks. Stinks. <laughs> Explicit. There's explicit there right go. there. Welcome to the club of the initiated. You better not be recording this or I'm never walking with you again. Oh, there we go. got a sassy brunette. You know, do something, do, do something. anything, but just don't sit there. Hey, don't you have something better to do? You've stumbled on the Invisible Humanitarian Podcast from Prince Edward Island on the east coast of Canada, where we discuss hiking, culture, life, theology, running, stories, West Africa, books, you name it, all from an East Coast of Canada perspective. Well, welcome to the Invisible Humanitarian Podcast again today. Um, we have uh, someone with us today. My mom and dad are back on the show. We had mom earlier talking about my grandmother uh, because she sprung on me some stories that I never knew about my grandmother a few days uh, before I had her in for the podcast. And I said, I want you to come and tell those stories so that we have it uh, recorded. And uh, dad sat in with us on that episode and uh, he's back, back with us again today. My dad's name is, uh, our, our Edward Rayner is his official name, but we always, or his name was Eddie. He's known as Eddie to everybody. And I didn't tell you that the other, or on the last podcast, uh, my mom's name is Betty, but uh, I, I was like a, a teenager before I knew that your name was actually Elizabeth. I mean. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. I see. Yeah. No, well, I, I never got Elizabeth. Yeah, I know. Everybody I, called me Betty. Yeah. Uh, I guess they wanted it to sound so much like my twin sister, Belle. So they called us Betty and Belle. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, like I say, I, and, all, all the years I grew up, I never heard you called Elizabeth. And then you told me one day, I, like I was like a late teenager, maybe even into my 20s mm-hmm. before I knew your real name, our real name was Elizabeth. I guess Betty is another name for Elizabeth. Yeah. And, 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 and along that story too, uh, of course, my name is Andy and I grew up, I, everybody called me Andy and nobody ever, ever told me what my real name was. And you were surprised when I told you. Yeah. You handed me my social insurance card when I was old enough to keep it and guard it in my own wallet or whatever. You handed me my social insurance card and said, here, you're old enough now, Uh, you know, protect that and keep it in a secure place. And I looked at it and I said, that's not my card because it had Andrew John Rayner on it. And I said, I said, I didn't know my name was Andrew. And she said, what, what do you mean you didn't know? <laughs> but nobody had ever called me Andrew. It's just one of those things you just don't mm-hmm. think to mention, right? Eh? Yeah. So anyway. You know. and, and that happened with your sister, Ethel, your oldest sister of the family, too. Uh, uh, I didn't know her real name was Reba until maybe 10 years ago. She was it's, always it's, known it, as it, Ethel. It's <laughs> Ethel Reva, yeah. and she loves to be, she loves Reva. So it's Reva, not Reba. Yeah, yeah it's okay. Reva, R-E-V-A. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, so my dad is a fisherman. I am now a fisherman as well. When he retired, I bought out the business from him, and I grew up fishing, too. I started fishing on the boats in the summertime when I was nine years old with my uncle. Uh, my brother Harold, older brother Harold, started with dad while I started with my uncle Victor because he, we both didn't be, need to be on the same boat together. And uh, anyway, how many years did you fish, dad? Uh, 55. 55 years as a fishing captain. Uh, how old were you when you first started going to sea and who did you go with? with? Me, I went with my father and I was uh, 15 years old, the first year I fished. Yeah, 15 years old. That'd be my grandfather, Alvin. I remember him. He passed away just the year before I was married. So that'd be uh, 32 years ago, uh, almost 30, well, almost 33 years ago. And uh, and so what did you fish uh, when you fished with uh, Grampy? Uh, then, Dad? Well, at that time, we just fished lobsters, Andy, and, and herring, and, and mackerel. That was, was the extent of... Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, then a few years later, they get cod nets and stuff like that. Yeah. So so how long was the lobster season, or was there a season back then? Oh, yeah, it's the same as it is today. It's for May and June. Okay. Yeah. And uh, uh, we fished 300 traps now. How many traps did you fish when you first started, Ed? Uh, around 700, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, uh, to this day, now, if you're a fisherman, you know we fish 300 traps. Now, they're a lot bigger than they used to be. Uh, they're probably twice or three times the size of the traps you first fished with. Are, are they dead? What, what's the comparison? Well, uh, back that time, there was a, a 36-inch bow. Now, they want a 42 or 44. Yeah. yeah, and some 46 even. Yeah, yeah. so they're quite a bit bigger. Yeah, were, or how long were the traps uh, in those days uh, when uh, you were young? 36 inches long. Oh, so they, they weren't they weren't really that much smaller then. No, yeah. no, not lengthwise. No. Yeah, because I mean, my new all my new traps are forty four and a half inches long. So, and uh, forty well forty two and a half, and some of them have the forty four inch bows. So yeah, so but uh, when we changed over to four bow traps, and uh, they went to forty one inch, forty one inches long. Oh, okay, so uh, or how how did the traps? Uh, did you have them in lines or uh, or single traps to a buoy or no what? no the 15 trap bunches uh, and we had uh, a number of uh, 18 traps we used to lead there were fish uh, left outside in a deeper water never moved in right right yeah. and uh, how did you get them aboard now, pulling, them, pulling them in by hand. Yeah, pulling them by hand. And yeah. uh, so you hauled the traps in by hand. There was a, like, there was a big steel, uh, like, it would look like a giant thimble, like a yes. needle thimble. Yeah. And used to wrap the rope around it. And and then you just had to pull that and that helped. It was hooked direct direct to the motor somehow or on the transmission or what? Well, uh, no, there was a motor. Then they had a, yeah. they had another gearbox that, uh, no, yeah. uh, put, hooked up to the, it to pull the runner. Yeah. The, the symbol. Did you have any cab on that boat when you fished with your uh, fished with uh, your not, dad? Not the first couple of years. So no. uh, rain, okay. snow, shine, or waves, you got it in the face. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if it was blowing, you you uh, stood in front of the the front of the steering the boat with the ropes. Yeah, and turn your back to him to bite the water off his face, but he would he could see where he's going. Yeah, so he keep his face into the rain and the spray, yeah. Yeah. and that's something. So there was no steering wheel. There was a rope, one in the right hand, one in the left hand. One used to pull it up or down or yeah, to steer. Yeah. I remember you saying, yeah, yeah, isn't that something? And how long was that boat? Uh, do you would you would it approximately have been? I'd say maybe but. 30 feet, Andy. Yeah. Uh, or did the lobster, were you on the measure at that time? Did you have to measure the lobsters, or were we still selling them by size or count, or what was no, it? No, the, the measure was on the way I started. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, cause I remember uh, Gramp telling me uh, that would have been long before your time. They didn't They didn't measure, and then they came in, they, they, it was by the count. They sold them by about a dozen or half dozen or yeah. something. But the, the big ones, they took up too much room, they threw them overboard. Yeah. They brought the smaller ones. Yeah, because uh, you you get get a boatload anyway yeah. and the bigger ones were just less money because it took up too much room yeah that's something eh yeah that, something's right how things change um for 15 when you started with with uh with uh, your father alvin my grandfather um how 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 old were you before you set out on your own got your own boat it'd be i'd say five years later andy yeah. yeah, yeah, and was that the time uh, you stayed? You used to stay up at the wharf during the week and just come home in the weekend. Were, no, they still I, doing I've that? never. I was never in there. My, fa my father had. Yeah, yeah, but uh, we always come back and forth. Yeah. Okay. We, well, the, back then they had no vehicle, so they had to either take a horse or walk. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember my, or when my or Gramp said he used to have to, they used to stay up at the shanty there all week and just come home on the weekend. Yes. And uh, that was, of course, back in those days, there was no such thing as plastics or anything like that. And rain gear, well, nobody had rain gear. You did, what, oiled canvas or something used to have or something? I think it was just a canvas, you would lick a little, a little skin on it or something. Yeah. yeah. And I remember Gramp telling me, but this this one guy, he finally, he used to stay up in the shanty with him there and he bought some, the, some kind of new oil pants or rain gear to come out. And, uh, of course, it was kind of expensive, so not everybody had them. Then everybody was poor as a church mouse. But he, he bought this, this, this new pair of rain gear pants, and uh, he come home fishing with them, and he was quite proud of them the first day he had them. And then after a few days of using them, he looked kind of discouraged because he was, he felt he wasted a lot of money on them, uh, your dad said. And uh, and he said, well, why? What, what's the he said, he said, Alvin, he said, them, them new rain pants are no good. Well, he said, why? He said, you, he said, your feet still get soaking wet with them. They don't stop the water. The water goes right through them. And, 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 and your dad said, I said to him, he said, well, mine seemed to be working okay. I don't understand. And he said, he get up the next morning and he was watching him getting ready to, as he headed out of the shanty to go to, uh, go to the boat to go fishing. And he took the oil or rain, uh, rain gear and instead of putting them on the outside, like, like on the outside of the boot, he wrapped them around his leg, like a pant leg and shoved them down inside the boot. So all the, all the seawater and stuff would run that, run down the rain gear and that follow down into inside the boot and 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 you, and you, and you, and you grab father said i said i wasn't going to tell him the difference until he figured it out (laughs) (laughs) anyway so you got your first boat uh so you would have been around 20 um do you remember uh what was the name of that boat and how big was it it was named for the siwa and it was uh i think it was 42 42 feet long. Yeah, how yeah. wide would it have been? That wouldn't have been very wide. That one there, Andy, I'd say was but 10 feet. Yeah, yeah but that would be a big boat in that, that day. That was a big boat in that yeah. day, yeah. 42 feet because yeah. I, oh gee. And uh, and I, and it's funny that you, I, I, I didn't know if you were going to tell me it was another boat, but I remember the sea worm, not because I was born, but uh, but when uh, when we when we were born and got older, that boat was still still you, you, or you when you when you give it up. It was in such bad shape by the time you were done with it. You could never sell it. It was definitely a sea worm because every time he went to the wharf, it was right to the floor <laughs> with, with water. <laughs> with water leaked like a basket. Yeah. Yes, leaked like a basket. Yeah, you said because he had no electric pumps back in those days in Baylor. So. No, not at we, that time. We didn't have much money at that time, and you know the Lord was good because He provided over the years. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys see that was in the day when lobster was. Uh, you, you told me you to go go to uh, school and uh, see anybody could go to the beach and get a lobster uh, like the rich kids had a ham and beef sandwiches or pork or something or whatever but uh, uh, what, what, did, what did you used to do with your lobster sandwiches one of you told me that I don't remember you used to hide them in the corner you used to hide in the corner when you're eating them or something I just forget about the handy uh, I, I know <laughs> If someone's seen them, they take them for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it was uh, it was something that ever you know everybody could eat in those days. Yeah. It was uh, anyway. So uh, the sea worm, but I remember that boat was abandoned. You when you you just pulled it up at the wharf there, and, yeah. and when I was a young kid, I can remember going to or to the wharf with you, and you were telling me that 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 was my boat. Yeah, and then they burned it eventually. It was it was there at the right. wharf here, and uh, I don't remember. Did it have a, like a, a like someone like now our boats have the flat sterns? Did that have the like the like the pointy back stern on it? Or no, it, it had a flat stern and a square stern. On okay, it. I couldn't remember yeah. that, but I do remember yeah. it had a cab on the back. Yes, it did. Which yeah. which uh, like all the years, that's the 
only boat I ever remember as a child, and and now all the boats have the cab on the front, but that boat had the cab on the stern. Yeah, yeah, and I can remember that's why it stuck out to me because your new, I think it was the what was the next boat after that? Andy boy. Yeah, named it after me. So yeah. there you go. I must have been the good kid. <laughs> all right, my brother Harold and oh. Tammy were, were were must must have been little rascals. That's why I got the boat <laughs> named after me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm sure you are, that's always a family discussion, though, when you name the new boat, right? Yeah, between me and Betty, we yeah. come up with that name. Yeah, so the Andy boy, I remember yeah. that boat. That was, what, a 38-footer, if I remember. That's right, it was 38-footer. Yeah, yeah. and uh, anyway, so uh, so when uh, when you start fishing, you did you fish 700 and some traps like you did with your grandfather, or with your father? Or? No, whenever I started, uh, I, I think I started with 500. Oh, okay. Then it was the next year. They put the trap limit on. Yeah, the government uh, yeah. put it for conservation. And yeah. I think that was, there's still 500 when the first yeah. trap limit. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So. And that's dead for a couple of years. They were down to 400. And, and then eventually then down to the 300. going down. Yeah, yeah. So wh- where did you get the lumber for your traps? What were the traps built out of back then? The same thing as today, the juniper and stuff? Or Well, back then, just black spruce for lats. Oh, is that right? And you just went and cut the round maple for bows. Yeah. bent them yourself. Yeah, steamed them in the water. Yeah. We did that right up to, uh, we were well, we were probably some of the last ones doing it at Tignish Harbor. I, yeah. So yeah. I, even I remember that. That's not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, it was when I moved back from Africa, uh, I think it was around that time you started uh, uh, shifting to, 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 to the plywood bows. Yeah. 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 So, um, and I remember mom, uh, mom used to help you build the traps back then. Yes. And uh, mom told me this story one time that you guys, she was down helping you building traps, being a good, good little uh, wife she was. And uh, anyways, and you had to go somewhere. I don't know who was helping you building traps. It was just you gone or it was you and the or somebody else. But uh, but you went away and mom had the idea. Boy, she she was helping you nail the lats in the top. So while you were gone, she put on a big spurt building the traps. You tell, why don't you tell that story about what happened, mom? Yeah, my husband went out to help a friend of his uh, with the potato farm. And they were great. Uh, they were bagging the potatoes up and getting ready to sell them. So anyway, this day I decided I'm going to go down in the basement and build some traps for him. So I went down to the basement, and I and I just drove her that day, and I worked really, really hard. And uh, anyway, How I, many traps I did you make? 25 traps. Oh, my gosh. And my husband come home, he said, what did you do today? I said, I built some traps. And he went down in the basement, looked, and I built the doors on every one of the traps on the wrong side of the track. <laughs> I, I, I remember you telling me that story. You, you said, I thought I, I was know, driving her. You know, and but he, he said, you did a good job. <laughs> yeah. We worked together. We worked together. Yeah. We did a lot of things together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember you saying that you said that uh, I said, that here I thought I was just driving her getting all those traps on. He said, you were. You just did them wrong. That was all. That was all. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, funny story. No. Back in those days, I mean, everybody kind of tried to pitch a hand anyway. I can remember using all them lats. We used to build the traps in the basement because nobody had money for a workshop or anything like that back then. Always built the, built the traps in the basement. In the basement, yeah. Yeah, and uh, all those cut off lats and stuff. And, you know, you'd be building the traps in the winter and, and Harold and Tammy and I, we'd take them little lats and make little boats out of them. <laughs> yeah. And when, as the snow melted and those little streams and puddles started to run, you know, as on the ice in the spring there, like, you know, in the driveway and stuff, we'd... We'd have little boat races with the lats and stuff. <laughs> we'd uh, uh, we we would do that anyway. Like beside the fishing, Andy industry too. He worked hard at the. We worked hard at the mossing. 
Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right too. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people moss back in the the Irish moss. Yeah. I can remember getting up at three o'clock in the morning. They'd be he'd be sleeping in bed, and I'd go down to the shore to check to see if there'd be three o'clock in the morning if there's a wind on, and I'd go yeah. down and check to see if there's any moss. Yeah. This morning, I went down there was a lot of moss, and I was down there forking and forking and forking. I didn't know if anybody was going to come along or not. <laughs> yeah, because on that business, it's first come first yeah. serve. Yeah. You snooze, you lose. So if you get there when the moss is coming in and fork it up, the pile's yours. Nobody yes, can sir. touch it, eh? Joy. Yeah, yeah. And all that, that it made a lot of money at that back in the day too, eh? Yeah. Well, it was a help. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. It was just a little more cash. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people made made money off that industry. And yes, I, it did. Yeah. I mean, made a living out of some of them. Yeah, and then that industry is basically no more. It doesn't even exist anymore. There's no. very few people harvest moss now. Very, very few. Yeah. Yeah, I know they tested that fufu from South America in on uh, South Shore there on Mimnigash, and uh, they tested a plot of this pl- uh, seaweed plant with the. That was like an Irish moss, but uh, for the carrageenan, but it had a lower content of carrageenan. They planted a one acre test bed and uh, basically it, it, it went viral and it took over all of the Irish mass moss beds and basically destroyed the industry. And that was a mistake of, of the, the government of Canada and their biological research station. Yeah, it smothered and, the other moss right out. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, the fufu was wor- worth about about a, less than a third of the price of Irish moss because the carrageenan content was so so much lower in it anyway. Yes. Yeah. I, I can remember uh, used to sing, sing mackerel too because I can remember as a young boy I had to be small because them old wooden crates i mean there was no plastic crates and stuff like that back then and uh but you guys had wooden crates and your i think it was your boat it was probably the andy boy you were hauling but you had the boat was full of wooden crates and i was i was sleeping in a in a crate so i couldn't have been very big or very i mean i remember squeezing in it wasn't i wasn't right right small but uh sitting in the crate and watching and looking for schools of mackerel and and uh doug had uh your brother doug had the scene on do you remember that day? Yes. And you and uh, and anyway, he was getting ready to run it, and 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 your dad, my grandfather Alvin, was there. <laughs> and he was retired from fishing then, but he was he, and he was getting all worked up. He was just sitting there and watching. He said, "He said, tell Doug to run it. You remember that? Yeah. Tell, tell Doug to run it. He's going to miss it. He's going to miss it. <laughs> anyway, get on the radio, Eddie. Get on the radio and tell him to get that mackerel scene. Of course, the mackerel scene would be about eighteen hundred feet long. You circle the school of fish and close the bottom. And of course, Grandpa had done that for so long. He knew that." like the back of his hand and i remember remember telling you get on the radio and you get on there and you said run it run it run it and anyway and, he, and the buoy went flying they started running the net and he and he put the throttle down there was a big puff of smoke but the boat was hardly moving i don't know what the dog would have had a 292 or something 292 at yeah, that time yeah no horsepower whatsoever <laughs> and the boat the net was going over the back of the boat so slow and and, and gramp was took the hat off and he was rubbing the forehead he said get on the radio and he said tell him to put her down he's going to lose I tell him to, he said to put the throttle down and you got it down put the throttle down Doug put the throttle down he said it is down <laughs> <laughs> and the boat was going around so slow because nobody had money for a big engine back then and there you was couldn't no, buy a big engine at that time no no car engines and truck engines yeah, that you just that put in it. the boat to do it over like they yeah. weren't proper marine engines or anything no <laughs> anyway I can remember I can remember that with Grap he said you're gonna lose it tell him to put the throttle down it is down 
now don't sit when you come back on the radio. <laughs> anyway, yeah. well, well, I know when Grant first started, uh, he said that they called him the, was it putt-putts or something? Yeah. Yeah. How many horsepower were them when he? Uh, it was a, uh, the first, and I first started with them, it was five horsepower. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that was the bigger model because the one. That was, were... yeah, the next one was a tree. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a real big model at five. Yeah. yeah. Uh, remember Grant saying that the fellas that didn't have the, didn't have the bigger putt-putt when they were trying to sail in the harbor it, because it's like a little the where the that where you go into the harbor like there's a there's a bay of water up there that flows out through there and it makes a big current when the tide's going out fast and he said they wouldn't be able to get in the harbor he said they'd have to get to get the the uh, the, the first mate up on the on the wharf with a rope to help pull it in to give it enough power because it, the, the motor didn't have enough power and rpm to push it up up and not when the tide was going hard out yeah there's a lot, lot of fellows pulled them up along there. Yeah. And uh, my grandfather is quite an avid fisherman, a trout fisherman. He loved to fish trout and a hunter, hunter and trapper. He loved hunting he and loved, he loved it, fishing. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he used to know every, every well every little stream and creek and brook in West Prince if there was a if there was a deep hole where trout were gathering it because I can remember he'd take us in the car when we were young and he and he'd say well let's go down here just for a minute he'd be driving to go shopping somewhere or whatever but he'd stop at some little creek or stream or whatever and, and walk in there somewhere to where there was a deep little hole and he'd put the hook in in there just to see if he could get a trout yeah. and uh, anyway he must have walked a lot of those streams over the years well he he trapped a nest in the winter. Yeah. And he knew every hole was in the, the network the yeah. stream. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people wouldn't know those little holes. No, they wouldn't. Yeah, no. yeah. They wouldn't know they were no. there. And so, yeah. yeah. No, I know he taught me how to trap. Like I used to do trapping out back there too. Yes. And, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, tell me the story about the fellow to come to, because my grandfather never, like he's not, like some people think you need to have all that fancy equipment to catch fish. Tell the story about that fellow that landed Foley's Pond one day there. Yeah, me, me and my wife went down just trying to get the truth. And we, we went down fairly early, isn't it? well, around supper time, I guess. And uh, there was two people there, tourists and fishing. And there wasn't getting nothing. We never got nothing. And then me, me grandfather, uh, my father come down along and, and he unwinds this little, all he had was junk and all there was string wrapped around the funny end of it, unwound it. And, he said, did you try there at the bridge, see if it's ending? I said, no. So he went over and put the hook down about two and a half feet of water. He came up with a nice trout, maybe, but he, uh, well, 11 or 12 inches long. Put it back down again and got another one, but around the same size. He rolls up his twine. Uh, on the end of the alder on branch. On the end of the alder. He said, yeah. yes, that's, enough. that's all I want. That gives me a good, good uh, lunch. <laughs> and he took off and went home. Then the... Uh, after he left, this fellow come to me and said, who's that old sod buster? He said, come in, and I got them big trout. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, that was my father. Well, he said, he said, you were a lucky man. <laughs> yeah, and he had to, did he have the, that fellow had the fancy rod and stuff? Oh, yes, and he the had real... the top-notch re, uh, rod yeah. and reel and, and a tackle box and yeah. all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, there. nobody yeah. would have that if you, oh, no, back no, then. Oh, no, Yeah, yeah, he had all the big fancy stuff, couldn't yeah. get a bite, and him yeah. with the alder in the street. I remember laughing when he told me that yes. story when I was yeah. young anyway, so. Yeah, well, we'll have you back again someday, Dad. you got a lot more stories to tell about fishing. Uh, well, tell me about the worst storm you remember before we go today. What was the worst storm you ever get remember fishing? What happened to the gear or anything like that? Well, I guess it's maybe about the third year of the lobster, like the, we're allowed to 300 traps. We had a big storm and 
I guess it'd be around the first of June, first of June. But uh, there was only about I think maybe fifteen or twenty fishermen and eddying traps left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of them. I mean, they they wiped right out. Yeah. Big balls of buoys. I mean, yeah. hundreds of buoys in piles. Yeah, yeah. yeah there'd be no way you get salvage or to get no, the stuff off. No, too, too many. Cut the, cut the buoys off it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's quite a thing. Eh? They yeah. just basically give up on the season and build new traps for the next year. Yeah. Well, a lot of them went raking moss and yeah. some of them. Uh, yeah. That'd be t- tough in a poor area because it was it a poor sure area. It was, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, thanks again for coming on the show today, Dad and Mom. Good to have you okay, back. And uh, uh, we'll 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 uh, or we'll talk about uh, as some more good stories come up. We'll have you back to tell us some more stories. Okay. Okay. Are you still here? You must be a real sucker for punishment. Thank you for listening to the Invisible Humanitarian podcast today. Check out our website at theinvisiblehumanitarian.ca or check us out on our Facebook page. Please subscribe to us and leave us a good rating on your favorite podcast subscriber. And please, whatever you do, tell all your crazy friends about this podcast.